You're listening to The Self-Worth Circle, hosted by Julie Haxel and Eva Estlander. We are here to remind you to raise your self-worth and wear your invisible crown. It's time. All right. Welcome back to The Self-Worth Circle. Uh, Today, I'm doing a solo episode with... Uh, an amazing guest that I actually met in 2015 uh, during uh, this beautiful gathering called the Spirit Weavers Gathering. And I attended one of her workshops. Um, It was Indigo Dying. And she really, we've been following each other on Instagram ever since, but we haven't crossed paths. And and recently, I just been really kind of called to dive more into her world, which is plant dye. So um, today we have the most um, inspiring and creative artist, Victoria Larnack. So you're Hi. an artist <laughs> and you work with plant dyes and sustainability is like a huge, huge thing for you, right? Yes. Yes. Thank you for having me. So, yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the show. So happy that you're here and then you, you um, took the time of your day. So, so happy. <laughs> um. So just just to start it off, how are you doing today? What's happening in in your world? Oh well, I am I'm well. I think that's the best way to say it. Um, my levels of wellness and being are um, more balanced, I'd say, than they were earlier in the year. Probably for a lot of people. Um, and for me, where I'm at, um, it's in the morning, so I've got my cup of tea. Uh, and I am wrapped in my wools. I'm in the Northern Hemisphere. It's winter solstice today. So I feel grateful. I'm actually, I'm just, I'm here. And that feels really nice. <laughs> that sounds like a good place to be. Because, you know, it's like this year has been definitely, well, it's been very heavy and exhausting for, for a lot of people. And we're just kind of anxious to get like, that's, you know, you know, 2021. And I guess it's like, People are mad, waiting for this like magical shift to happen Jan 1st. But I think mm. the big lesson here is surrender and to be here in this very moment. So that's very kind of grounding or beautifully put that you said that you're here in this moment. And yeah, it's, it's definitely been the biggest um, help for me through this year was to <clears throat> curb the anxiety of looking ahead and um of all the things that we, you know, that I want to do or that my husband and I want to do and just kind of um, actually just be grateful for where we're at because we're pretty fortunate despite our circumstances. And um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> life is still beautiful even when it's really challenging, you know, right. it is still beautiful. And I know a lot of people go through some really heavy things, but you know, to each, each their own with their own challenges. But um, yeah, we've had our fair share and um, I feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, so it's been a long, a long journey, but you know, we're all, we're all going through things and um, yeah, just being present. (laughs) It's a practice. That's for sure. So it is. And it's cyclical too. It's like, it's not exactly Yeah, this is going to last forever. Right. (laughs) Or hopefully not. Um, But yeah, it'll change. Can you, t- can you tell us like about what it is that you do? You like, when I look at your Instagram, it's like so inspirational, these beautiful images of plant dye and you, you use a lot of indigo in your work. And just, can you just tell our listeners about what it is you do and uh, maybe a little bit of a, like background, how you came to, to right. find this, this craft? 
Yeah, well, it it's a bit. It was a bit of a journey for me. Um, I actually studied uh, fashion design and kind of just like traditional fashion design. We we actually didn't really learn a lot about sustainability when when I was studying it. Um, you know, you learn a lot about um, sustainable fur and and you know, t- or to not use fur and things like that. But you know, we ne- we had never really talked about um, synthetic fibers or. Um, or the types of dyes you use or anything like that when I was in fashion school. So for me, um, in my early twenties, I, I, I'm a big beach gal. So I, I pretty much, I grew up in California. Um, I, I'm half Australian. I've lived by the ocean my whole life. And, um, so when I was in, you know, studying fashion design, I also was interning at, um, in the surf industry. Um, I was living in San Diego and, and commuting up to Orange County, um, for working with a few companies and interning and whatnot. So, um, my, my first jobs were basically within the, um, the surf industry and, and production. And, um, and so, you know, I was, I was pretty stoked. I had like a lot of (laughs) awesome, uh, sample clothing that I would get. And, um, I had a closet packed full of clothes and I would give them away and keep the cool ones. And I always had something different to wear. And I was really quite addicted to fashion. I really, it really psychologically made me feel good to have a lot of different things in my closet, even though there was so many times where I'm like, I've got nothing to wear, but there was so much to wear. It was just kind of this, you know, this, um, it's really like this weird, yeah, it's a mental cycle that and, and like addiction that you have to that. Like, I think I know that there's studies and data around how fashion works with that. So I was mm-hmm. totally in that. I was like going, I was like breaking the bank. Like I was a college student and like going broke over fashion too, you know? So, um, it was, it was kind of an issue for me. Um, and you know, while I was in working in that industry, I, I just remember there was like this really distinct moment for me where, um, when we received all of our samples back, um, and they, from, from our, our vendors overseas and our production team over or our product, our producers, sorry, overseas. And they had, you know, they, they came from China, um, was where we got a lot of our things produced and, um, they, you know, they cross the ocean on a freight liner and they arrived to our warehouse and boxes wrapped individually wrapped in plastic. And like when you, when I opened up the plastic bags, like the clothing just like reeked of chemicals. Like I didn't know what they wow. were, but I knew yeah. they reeked of chemicals. Yeah. And when I pulled them out, they were really stiff. And I was like, Whoa, these things just look like I know that when we go to style them on our model, it's going to look like a lifestyle, but what I'm actually holding in my hand is like the real product. Like that's actually what it is, you know? And so it was kind of like concerning for me. I was just something, I think the biggest thing was like the intuitive feeling of knowing that something wasn't right and not really understanding the whole background to what we were doing. I didn't really understand like sustainability or even what that word was. Like I wasn't really into that, you know, I kind of just made things, had things and bought things and gave away things. But yeah, it was, it it was really that that's when, when it changed for me. Um, and I mean, also for the fact that I personally wanted to move out of the country I was in, you know, um, and wanted to have a different type of lifestyle. I really wanted to get away from consumerism and I know that here in the States, it's like, it's a, it's a big part of our culture here. Um, and not that it's not in Australia, but, um, I think that 
you know, I feel like that culture has borrowed a lot from the, from capitalism in the U S you know, so that's a whole nother can of worms to open up. But for me, basically, like I wanted to like move, I wanted to get out of the fashion industry in that way. I wanted to move out of a type of culture that like celebrated that consumerism and just find a different way of living. So I left when like in my early twenties, I left and I moved to Australia and I, you know, I was like trying to, I was trying to do like the old thing. I was trying to find jobs in the surf industry, but they didn't work out. And that was good because it wasn't meant for me. And, and I landed in the Northern rivers in Byron Bay, which, you know, I know a lot of people are like, Oh my God, Byron Bay and the Byron lifestyle. And it's really an incredible place to live. It really changes your life. It also has a whole other side to it, which is like the reality check of living in that area. But when I was there, it did offer so much, um, for me. And, and, um, I found myself working with, um, a, a small fashion designer and, um, she was great. Like she, she, she was a small business owner and actually was working with natural dyes. So she would gather, um, you know, eucalyptus leaves and different things from the area and start working on silks and different types of fabrics. And I had never seen that before. It was like a weird chemistry thing to me. But, um, one of my girlfriends who she's a friend of mine now, but, um, I watched her like this. She was so cool. She had just, it was like this witchy plant magic in these pots with like color bubbling. And I was like, what is she doing? You know, but she was so cool. Like she had all this jewelry on and long hair and she like had all these like long, awesome, rad, like silk clothing, like printed with leaves and different colors. And I was like, wow, this is, oh, what is this? You know? And, but I was on the other side of it. I I saw that and I was working within that small business and then Mm -hmm. I would help sell those clothes, but it kind of gave me an introduction into natural dyes and then, um, sustainability, but living in that lifestyle environment really changed my health it changed, um, the way, you know, what I put in my body, it changed what I put on the outside of my body. Yeah. And I then started getting, wanting to learn more about natural dyes and getting in dabbling here and there. And then I had, um, had, was fortunate enough to learn from, um, different master dyers. Um, one of them had come to Australia, um, from West Africa. And I had, was, I was introduced to indigo through his hands, which was incredible. That just changed my life and perspective. Um, and the other master dyers were in Oaxaca, Mexico. And I had learned about different colors and, and basically like the colors of a landscape of a place, like color is so connected to culture and place. What you see in the landscape is a color that pulls into the clothing, into the rugs, into anything, the masks, all of it. Like it's wow. part of the landscape. Yeah. It's like, it's true. Yeah. yeah. And it, and you know, and I feel like, I mean, this is something that in, from our, like our background way, way back, like Finnish, Estonian, Swedish, all the Mm -hmm. way back there, we knew all these things so long ago, you know, and this was a part of our culture, but it, and it still is for a lot of people, obviously. But I think when, you know, you live in a more, I don't, I don't know if this is even the right terminology, but like a Westernized society, it's easy yeah. to forget those things or you just never learn them. So coming into this is like totally bright eyed and bushy tailed. I was really inspired by it, but it, you know, I, I, I slipped a bit, you know, it was like a hard, some hard lessons along the way of learning to respect people's cultures and understand that like, I, I still have like where I'm at now is like 
I started this probably over five, six years ago. I'm still very, I'm going to say I'm, I'm not new at it, but, but I still have a lot to learn. I mean, natural dyes are a whole process in itself. And, um, you know, the, the connection that you have with color, the connection that you have with the vibration of that, which is, you know, people can say that's a spiritual thing. It's also a scientific, I mean, color is vibration. That's all I mean, it's, it's light, you know? So, and then working with the chemistry of a plant, oh my gosh, plants are like absolute masters. They're just, they just teach you so much, you know, growing them, dying with them. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's incredible. It's changed my life and it's really become something that like I'm devoted to not just the plants, but I'm like devoted to the earth through plants. And, um, I also love fashion, you know, but I also like detest fashion. It's such a weird love hate relationship. And I think I found what I'm beginning to find now is like, I've kind of, I've, I've seen where I've come from. I've gone through the transition of like, gosh, I don't like fast fashion. I don't, and I don't like fashion in general to going like, actually I love fashion. It's an art form. I don't like consumerism, but I also know that there's different ways of creating something of value and beauty with resources that are not even looked at as resources. Like they're a part of the living world that we're in, you know? So how can I be a part of that living world without taking from it and not putting things back into it? You know, like it's, eh, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. And now I'm in this process of having ideas of, okay, this is the direction I'm going to go in and this is what I can do about it. So I don't feel as helpless anymore as I used to with it. I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm inspired to, to to action change rather than just like be constantly thinking and creating in my head. It's like, it's time to put it, put it to use. So after that, well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that. It was, that was just a like, long explanation. Thank <laughs> no, you. That was, like, that was a good amount of wisdom just right there. And just like so inspirational. Um, <laughs> but like, for, so from, from studying like in, in Byron Bay with these master kind of dyers, um, after mm-hmm. that time period, did what, like what happened and, and how did you kind of like, well, you started to then do it on your own. Right. And it was like a slow process. And, and then, then what happened? Like what, what was how was that transition then from, from kind of studying them with them to kind of finding your own right path? Well, or just, I mean, and just, just for clarification, I didn't yeah. study under them. I think okay. that's really important because, um, I learned from them in like a masterclass that they offered. So for me, right. it was like just a taste into like days of being with them and working okay. to understand color. You know, it takes a lot of years to really understand how to work with a plant or a certain color. And I would, and this was the lesson I had to learn. It was like, I wouldn't ever undermine the people who have done this for generations by, you know, that's, that was never my intention. So, um, and I, and like I said, I found out I, I, I had to, for whatever reason, be made an example of that like two years ago, which was never my intention. But um, I think when you find something that you love and you kind of like are more public with it um, and you have like only a certain amount of experience with it, but you speak to people and you're able to, like it speaks to them and you're able Mm -hmm. to guide them through an experience and and, and connect them or inspire them, you know, you're always going to come up with things are going to happen that... um, you just have to find your own way. So really I've been finding my own way with that. And I am eternally grateful to the people that I had 
had just even like touched in on understanding, you know, the, what, what they do, which is theirs and they own that and that's their lineage. But for me, and what I've learned with that is understanding how to really work with color, um, which is more, you know, it's really like, I think it's a really personal journey. Like for me, I really, I love science and chemistry. So it is a chemistry kind of science. Like my, I love having my brain try and wrap around that, but I also have to be mindful of when I get color from certain places, like when, like my, my, where I source color from the people, they get it fair trade and they have, they go through a whole process of like who they're getting it from because pulling color out of nature, like logwood or different types of cochineal, any of that is like, it's taxing on the environment and the culture of people, you know? So you have to be really mindful of where you're getting color from. Um, and it's very precious as well. So, so yeah, where I'm at with it now is like, I'm working with a different, like a, the spectrum more. Um, and also just having fun with it, like playing with a lot of botanical types of bundle dyeing and seeing what they do and creating just beautiful works of art. So there is a, like an artistic ex, um, expression in that. Um, there's also like an understanding of the history of, of, of that. And then there's, um, yeah, wanting to, I, a part of me, you know, really wants to try and like, and this is tricky because I have to be really careful with this word. A part of me really wants to scale natural dyes, but there is a lot of reasons why some of that is possible, like in a circular, sustainable way. And there's other reasons why it's not entirely possible that we might have to use like other things besides natural dyes. Cause you're not going to fully get rid of like synthetic dyes. You're just going to have to find different ways to like take care of our, you know, like our resources, like water and soil better, you know, through either natural dyes or things that use less of the water and destroy less of the soil with a synthetic process. So, um, yeah, right now I'm like, I've, I've just done a silk, like a silk line, like for the holidays, which I loved. And that was really beautiful. Um, and I've got, um, so much, I'm literally looking at piles of fabric on my, um, desk right now. <laughs> Winter is going to let me, um, bring a bunch of color and different, um, designs onto, and they are projects, you know, um, some of them are, are very quick and easy to make and, and, and the results are beautiful, but other ones are a bit of a journey. You know, it's really a meditation. Like anytime I do resist tying for indigo and whatnot, it's, it's just a journey. It's like any other art project. But, um, I think the biggest thing is to not lose the connection that you're, you're working with a plant. You're yeah. working, um, with something that's been around for thousands of years, like with indigo, um, and a lot of other natural dyes, like there's a whole story behind them, you know? So I really, I, I really try and be present with that and respect that when I work with, with, um, color. Can you tell us a little bit more uh, like about indigo? Because I know that you, even though you work with other colors, but indigo is like such a big part of, of, of your craft. Like yeah. how, can you tell us more about that? How, um, where it could come from and to our listeners that have like no idea. Yeah. Well, indigo is, it's, um, it's, it's a very old, it's one of the oldest natural plant dyes that has been used across the world. Um, it's been traded across the world. It's been grown and so many different cultures. Um, it's not just one single plant. There's a lot of different indigo plants and not, and 
you know, there's plants that aren't traditional, you'd say like indigo plants that also produce an indigo color, like in, like, and and that's a whole different like scientific thing. But if we're talking about just like these plants, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, they, gosh, indigo. Wow. Um, they come, I'm just trying to figure out like how to even approach that question. (laughs) So maybe this is, this goes off record for a second while I gather my thoughts. Yeah. That out. Um, Anything you feel kind of called to. Yeah. Well, indigo, I mean, indigo is a, it's a trip because indigo is kind of a, it's, it's a bit of a magic plant, you know, like it, it's got such deep roots culturally and, 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 and around the world. It's, it's been like worth its weight in gold, you know, like it, it, it's just it, all the way from that to like coming to the Americas as a part of the slave trade. Like it's, it's, it's like a pretty, it's got a really long history, you know, it, it's, it, and it's an absolutely stunning plant color and pigment to see on fabric but there's also such a deep story behind the whole process with indigo so it's part of this part of the um it's a legume so it's basically like a part of the pea family pea plant legume um but there's also indigo that are not weeds and different types of um species of plants and the blue in the in in, that you see is actually not present in the leaves so the leaves are most all green and Mm -hmm. there indigo has to go through like an oxidation process in order to pull that pigment out of the leaves um, in order for it to bind to a fabric so it 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 goes through reduction oxidation all these different chemical or alchemy reactions for it to be blue on, on textiles. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a complex plant to work with and, um, but it brings so it's like an addiction for me personally. I don't, I can't really yeah. speak for anybody else, but I f- really feel that like that plant and that color are, have the capability of like capturing your spirit. And I feel like that plant did that for me. Yeah. And I'm still learning so much about it. I have a lot to learn and I have a certain limited scope of what I do know. And then there's so much more to learn, you know, with different species of the indigo plants and processes on how to actually make the vats, which are what you dye the fabric in. Um, But that plant captured my spirit and I have then gone to other colors and plants, but every time I come back to this particular one, it really, it always teaches me. And um, yeah, it's just, like I said, plants are masters. They just kind of, they kind of teach you, you know, like that's kind of the way it is. So um, yeah, it's magic. I know a lot of people love this color too, and they're drawn to it. And for good reason, I think that this plant person, I try and be careful about like my spiritual side to this plant because it's personal for me and I can't speak for everybody. But I, I personally think that this plant calls to people for a reason. 
and it's had, I mean, it's just like bigger than anything I can think of. It's like, it's like a deep thing. It's like deep and if it part of the earth. And I feel like it's also like kind of a cosmic thing too, but that's, that's just my personal experience with it. Well, that, I mean, that's beautiful. And I, I, I want to, I wanted to ask you about this. I know that you're very spiritual too. And I mean, we wept that the spirit we were gathering. <laughs> it's like, it just one of those events, you know, that's okay. It's one of those events. Yeah. One of those events. Um, but I'm huge into like the, the subtle body and the energetic system and the chakras, mm -hmm. um, like the energetic wheels. And I wanted to ask you, like, um, I don't know if, if you're familiar with them or not, but because all the chakras kind of are connected to, to specific Color. colors. Mm -hmm. And then, then the blue of the indigo, it would be like either, so it could be like, the third eye chakra which is like intuition and psychic abilities and seeing the path before you and then the throat chakra which is expression and communication and creativity and you know so it's i was just like thinking if you if you can kind of see those connections with that with indigo and that, the energy of it kind of like from the subtle body perspective and what your thoughts are around that yeah actually uh, absolutely. I think for me, that's where it started. I feel like it, wo it awoken something in my creative mind. It awoken something in my communication. Um, I believe that it was meant to come to me in the way it did in the journey I've had with it. I definitely feel that in my experience, when I share it with others, that they have a similar response um creatively there's something about but create you know creation energy is something that i mean the whole world's made of it it's constantly yeah. happening you know so i feel like indigo is like that color that is the void it like bridges two worlds it's like yeah i just it's like when you meditate and if you see like this blue it's like all i can think about is like seeing like meditating seeing this indigo color blue and then like gold mm -hmm. ring you know of like your your if you want to call it like your third eye or like the expansiveness of that i definitely feel that and i think that's what got me but i didn't really understand you know i just felt i just felt it um and now i feel like i'm starting to understand it more uh but it's yeah, I just, it's really special. I mean, I, I just, I mean, the, the, the colors just, it's inspired so many and it's formed so many cultures. It's just like parts of cultures, you know, so, um, it's powerful. It's, it's really, it, and, and I think I feel personally with, you know, corresponding certain color or vibrations with different aspects of the body. Um, like you're saying, like different chakras and whatnot. I think that they're so multi-layered yeah. um, and they're so complex. I mean, some people would probably argue, it's like, no, oh, it's really simple. But I think there's like, when I think of complex, I think it's so much larger than our physical bodies that it's, um, it's kind of hard to put it into words, really. I, th I think it's really the feeling and the understanding, but <clears throat> I think the biggest thing was when there is that 
realization of, of like the, that energy in those certain places that are inspiring, like your, your speech or your creativity or whatnot, that, um, it's actually, I feel like it's humbling, but there's like this thing about keeping it, how do I say it? Like kind of keeping it close to your being, but also like letting your actions express what you've experienced, you know? And I think that's the act of creating, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, now that we're kind of touched upon already like spirituality and, and this topic, when do you, like looking back now, um, do you see like a specific point in your life when your spiritual path commenced or has it always been there or how has it like deepened through through this art through this craft through this work you do you already said kind of like that how the you feel that the plants are teachers and and they teach you but can you I know it might be really like hard to put it into words because um, it is it is it can be very subtle and it can be more of an energetic um experience but if you can share anything about about your spiritual journey yeah well for me it started really young um i just know that i've kind of been seeking it my whole life um it <laughs> i really feel like for me it was it was being clo cl more closely connected with the earth because i'm a part of that I am it. I came from it. I am it. I'm going to go back to it. So that for me was something that I pined for in like my Catholic school years. <laughs> and then like knew that I needed to find. And I think when I moved to Australia is when it really started kicking in for me, like in my mid twenties, I really started seeking, um, being closer to the earth and being in an agreement with that that's where I, for me, where I sort, like, that's my energy source. And that's my temple. Like that for me is my church. And, um, you know, just w working with plants and color is just an aspect of like a divine creation that I get to just work with, you know, it's a part of mm -hmm. that whole thing. Um, but really like the commitment that I've made with, with working with the earth is what actually keeps me going. Um, and so when we talk about like sustainability or like, you know, circularity and design or fashion or whatever, like really the fundamental core of it is the fact that like, I cannot separate myself from the living, breathing planet that we're on. And my personal mission is to help others recognize that they can't separate themselves from that either. And because we're, we're a part of it and that we're not, we will never be separate from it. Everything that we have is from that. So if we're going to be doing those things, like let's be very wise about how we do that and how we go about um, moving through our planet. And so, yeah, I'd say like my mid twenties, I'm 35 now. So um, it was tumultuous journey though. I mean, I've found myself in all sorts of wacky situations <laughs> with like interesting yep. folks. I can relate to that. You know, the, the, yeah. where you're just like, um, I think that they were, they offered a lot of value and insight. Mm -hmm. 
And then I also think that those situations also offered value of like the things that I realized I didn't want in my life yeah, and what I needed to move away from. And I feel like that's any, for anybody's journey with that. Um, I really, I mean, it's between you and spirit and the universe, you know, if, if that's what you believe in, you know, it's really between you and whatever else is out there or whatever is in you or whatever you believe. It's like, (laughs) the biggest thing is like believing in yourself, but also believing that there's something much greater that you're a part of and that it's going to direct you in a certain way that might be really surprising, but it ends up being everything you need you end up dropping away so much noise. And I honestly feel for me personally, like this pandemic has really helped with that. Also getting married helps with that too, because you really, you've got another person to consider. Yeah. You have a partner. Yeah. You know, and then, but then, you know, you're, you realize that your dreams start coming true. And if you're off path, things are going to really bend in an opposite direction of what you think they are. And that's fine. You know, it's just that we have to, we have to learn to, um, cope with those changes. And I, I found that going inward and like, or saying it kind of to bring it full circle from the very beginning of this, this lovely interview was like, I'm just here and I'm present, you know, this is where I'm meant to be. And, um, it's, uh, there's value in the inside of knowing that <laughs> we've got it. We, 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 we don't have it all figured out and we never will. And, yeah. um, you know, the, I don't know mindset is healthy and, um, also allowing the mystery of life to just work with you is, is, uh, I think that's what it's all about, you know, is really just letting life work with you. Like life's a really good friend and we have a short time to be with it. So, yeah. It really kind of like, it sounds like, like working with these plants is like your, it's like your devotion. It's like your kind of karma in life it is. And, and what I love about it too, it's like, it's very it's probably for you it's very grounding because you're you're using your hands and you're yeah. working with these elements from earth Love so <laughs> but even even like it's like very kind of physical which makes it but it's still it's so it, it roots you and it grounds you but it's still like indigo which expands your consciousness so it's it makes a lot of sense that it is like a spiritual experience and so much more than than just dying um mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about, cause I probably, so I don't know if you know this, I, um, I have like, I recently launched this, um, like yoga clothing line. Yeah. Um, I saw it. Congratulations. It's, uh, thank you. And I, I, I work with sustainability, but in a very different way. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like ocean waste that we use, but it's, it's, it's synthetic. It's not, um, it's not, uh, you know, from earth so to speak it's human made but then collected the waste is being used to mm-hmm. create something new um so it was from there earth, is that though. it was from <laughs> earth yeah um yeah. but i like when you said like i really also related to like when you said kind of like you're working with these plants and for me it's like again working with the moon because i feel like the moon is like guiding mm-hmm. me and the moon moves the water and the ocean and i'm just like taking that right. 
the crap out of it to create something else. But still, I'm going to be really, really honest about my, um, my work. I I know that a big part of it still that I would like to um, evolve is, is uh, is also the dying part because that Mm -hmm. is very, it's one of the most, uh, unsustainable things in in the in the textile industry and mm-hmm. fashion, and I don't think a lot of people know about it. How yeah. dyeing fabric is the worst, and especially like color black, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's like the worst. Can you can you share uh, more about this? Synthetic dyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I can definitely talk a bit about what I know about yeah. that. Um, and you're right. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, right they don't know they like they, they, yeah are one of the worst i mean it's one of the worst pollutants to our waterways i mean i know that the textile industry contributes to 20 percent of the water pollution on the planet a lot of that is from fashion mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the places where our clothes are made are not regulated properly so it's very easy to have um, dyes that are toxic. So we're talking like azo dyes and different types of chemicals, um, like lead and formaldehyde and a whole list of, of things that are not meant to be in water. Um, probably not even really meant to be on your skin. Let's be honest. It's just kind of the way it is, but they, they, the water, the used dye water gets dished, discharged into, uh, rivers into lakes, out into the ocean. Um, eventually, they kind of make their way out into the environment. Um, a lot of workers in those environments are exposed to things that cause sickness and illness. Um, yeah. And um, it's a huge problem. It's a really big problem. Um, on top of so many other things that the fashion industry has problems with, but if we're just talking about dyes, that, that, that is also another reason why, um, like I was saying the, when I opened up that package and I smelled the chemicals coming from the clothing, it was the dye that I was smelling. And that, that was a a big like precursor for me to get out of that particular type of production. So, um, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of brilliant, uh, new, ways to dye clothing with um, still using synthetic dyes that are um, better engineered. Um, they have they have reduction in the types of chemicals are a completely different formula. The chemistry of them is different. Um, there's people who are using waterless technology. I know they're using uh, denim. I know Daiku is one that is using, um, I think it's pressure, like air pressure or something like that. Um, to get color into fabric. So, you know, we're not going to fully eliminate synthetic dyes. It's because they are really, they are really efficient and convenient and produce, you know, types of colors that natural dyes necessarily can't really produce, even though natural dyes have their own beautiful base. There's so many different color variations with natural dyes. You know, they are really a craft um, not like craft. I don't even say it like that, but they're really like when I'm, when I say that they're really, um, they're a lot more labor intensive and there's, there's so many different things that go into natural dyeing, like everything from like water quality, soil quality, the way the plant grew, like when you harvested it, everything that are going to contribute to whether or not the color comes out the way that you need it to. And you don't have that type of margin in synthetic dyeing. 
So really the, the, the issue is to, I mean, we need to, we need just full stop. Like we need to completely stop putting polluting uh, textile dye in waterways, full stop. It just needs to stop. So that's, that's a big thing that, um, a lot of companies, they're going to have to figure that out because they're, they have a lot of pressure on them now to be environmentally responsible and also like culturally, culturally responsible. I mean, you're putting people's lives in danger, you know, and, and, um, I mean, there's a, there's, if anybody wants to know, just Google it. <laughs> like there's so yeah. many, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's so much to read about with this. So the, I, I, for me personally, I think that water, um, saving water, um, and having water quality and all of that is a priority. I mean, also there is a lot of water that goes into making certain types of dyes and using them or making like a cotton t-shirt. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that however many like hundreds of gallons of water it uses to produce a t-shirt. It's just like, there's certain crops and certain colors that are just, we got to change. So yeah, I mean, it, it would seem to say like, oh gosh, natural dyes are like the, the answer to that. It's like, yes and no, you know, this was something that I've had to kind of realize. It's like, you know, we have to, when we think about scaling something like a natural dye or using like a, like, different types of technology that are probably more scalable than natural dyes. Cause that, cause those are going to take resources anyways to like plant and use the land and water and all that to grow. Really the answer to all of this is we need to stop consuming the way that we are consuming. So when you talk about sustainability, it's like such a tricky greenwashed word, nothing is really sustainable. And I find that that's like a really hard pill to swallow, you know? Mm. And and like, even in my, in, my, in what I'm doing is not hundred percent sustainable. I I'm, I'm trying to be, but I've found, I feel like my mentality went more to like, I want to be more circular. And if that's the case, then I have to look at every parts of the system that is like the life cycle assessment of every single thing that I'm using to create something, you know? Yeah. So really we need to stop consuming as much. That's, that's like the big issue. And it goes back to what I was saying is like having the closet full of clothing was like an addiction. That's at a consumption addiction. And, and, and companies are responding to people having that addiction because it's, it's good for marketing and it's good for, for, you know, money. It's good for them. It's not good for the environment. It's not good for the workers. And it sure as hell is not good for our mindset. You know, it's really like, it's a big issue. I, I, it's just incredible how much fashion has influenced the world. You know, it's, it's our, it's our identity, but it's also our sense of belonging in society. So it's, um, yeah, I like, I really invite people to like really look at these things or like pick one thing and follow down the rabbit hole and try and understand your connection or your attachment to fashion or color or any of those things, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people can really relate to what you shared about, like, you know, like being addicted to or having always kind of like the newest, you know, fashionable clothes, because it's, it's, it's just, it's almost like it's designed or planned or the industries that way that you always want to uh, like feel like you're in you know following the trends or whatnot so it's it's starting to change too a lot of you know larger designers are starting to do less seasons and um you know have better better sources of where they're getting their 
fabrics and dyes and the way they're doing things, you know, because they have to, it's just the way it is. Like we, we, we need to change. We, we can't keep going on the trajectory that we're going. And we, we've known this for decades, you know, it's just like, shit's mm-hmm. getting real now though. So we, we, yeah. we really need to like pay attention, show up and shape up because it's, it's going to make a big difference over the next 50 years. And, you know, for our children and our grandchildren and the kids that we're never going to meet, you know, like this, this is going to matter to them. So every, every bit helps and understanding around how, I mean, it's complex. It's like, you can't, you can't solve it all in like one, there's no perfect design, fashion designer or collection or anything out there, but we try, you know? Yeah, Um, it's true. And, but it's like every choice counts though. Like what, what you were saying, it is like, like choosing kind of those, those, um, you can still make like better choice, make better choices. And if you can afford to. If you can, well, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. It is more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the most sustainable clothing you have is the one that you already own. I know that that's a thing that people, that's like a buzz line that people, but it's true. Like the most sustainable stuff you have is the stuff that you have. Like, Like that's it. Or, you know, if you can, um, I love, like, I'm a huge thrifter, vintage shopper. I love that. I love it. I'm all about that. I'm, and, and just, or I make my own things or I, you know, occasionally I'll, I'll get new things, but I try and check the sources of where they come from and what the material is made of. And I have, sometimes I have the luxury to do that. Other times I don't, there are, you know, there are demographics for many people across anywhere that, that can't afford the price tag of, you know, quote unquote, sustainable fashion. No, and that true. the best yeah. that they can do is to get fast fashion. And I don't think that people should be shamed for that. I think that that's unrealistic because that puts us for any of us thinking that everybody should be able to get sustainable fashion is an absolute, like super privileged thing to say. It's not reality. You know, it's actually mm-hmm. really disconnected from reality because a lot of the, you know, these people can't, but, uh, but really, I, I think that that's, that's a part of it. But really the biggest thing is the, that, companies are, yeah, they're pumping out like, how do you make a $6 t-shirt? Or like, how do you make a $1 t-shirt? Like, I know how much. I don't understand. Production. That's what it, <laughs> that's it. That, that's crazy. Like who's, who's not getting paid on the other end of that? Like what's happening to the environment on the end, end of that? And people love it. Like I got this for five bucks. I got this for six bucks. I got this for 10 bucks. And then all of a sudden they come home with a bag full of stuff. Like, yes, darling, you are part of the problem. Please stop doing that. That's, that is a, that is an issue. But if somebody's going for a job interview and they're like, shoot, I've got 20 bucks. I have to get a new shirt and a skirt. Like, yeah. Okay. If you need to get that, or maybe find it at the thrift shop or something. I don't know. There's still there. There's still the option sometimes to be able to do that. But what I'm saying is that it's just really complex network of issues and solutions to those issues that it's not just a one size fits all. It really isn't. Yeah. No, and that's what you know what you said also about like thrift shops like that is like you can make such great finds if you really like need something you're just doing that and then it is true like not everyone can can afford the the sustainable fashion and now like I had really no idea when when I started started um my project and it's like the cost of of production in Europe you know, versus in China or, you know, it, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's I mean, yeah. you gotta, I know I produce things in Australia as well. I mean, they cost a lot of money 
to do that, but I know who is producing my, my stuff, you know? Right. Um, but it's a, tra- it's a trade-off and a, I don't know that I, I feel like that's all, that could be a whole nother episode talking about how to create a label that's as close as you can to like having sustainable elements to it and your location, you know, but, um, yeah, I feel you, Eva, it's, 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 it's challenging and, you know, you do the best you can with what you have. And if you're able to do better, do better. I mean, I think Maya Angelou even said that some sort of quote like that, but <laughs> <laughs> something like yeah, that. No, she was a great yeah. woman. So, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, you got to look, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't even say like necessarily, like, I, I don't, I, this is my belief. I don't know if this is a fact. This is my belief. I don't believe mm-hmm. fashion is profitable unless somebody somewhere is getting kind of like the shit end of the stick. <laughs> like if, if you can make a profit, like a good profit off of fashion. I mean, yeah, you're, you must be doing something really well or you're, or you're producing enough to make that. But I just, I don't know. I'm a, just a believer that it's like not, it's just not something that is scalable, really large without somebody somewhere not having it be equal or fair or environmentally good. I mean, it, I, I think of a few brands that are actually doing pretty well with that, but I don't know. It still comes down to the consumption thing. It still comes down to like, you're still making a lot of stuff and having it in stores and websites and, or, you know, like seasonally, you know? So I don't know. I, I know that there's a lot of people who are finding ways to balance that out. And I, I'm, I look forward to, to, um, moving more in that direction too, and maybe changing my perspective. <laughs> the next time we chat, maybe I'll have a little bit more of uh, some answers with that. But, um, but I, tr- I do think you, you might be like, that sounds very likely to be true. Like how can there, you scale there's something? Some in, truth in, in it. Yeah, yeah. But for, some people are doing pretty well with it. And I think those are some good industry leaders or yeah. good examples of, of things to build off of. And we all, we all build off of each other with what we're doing with within that industry, you know, that's, that's what we can do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not a quick change. I'll tell you that much. So we start small and we do what we can. And if you have the resources like money (laughs) to be able to, um, put towards beginning something that, um, is equal and fair for everybody, then that's, that's still good. That's, that's wonderful. But yeah, still at the end of the day, there's, there's just too many, there's too many clothing, too much clothing in circulation already, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I I do feel like that could be like its own episodes. There's so much, so much there. Yeah. Um, I want to circle a bit back to kind of spirituality. Yeah. And, um, and maybe, you know, cause now, or correct me if I'm wrong, but it does feel like you're very aligned with your purpose. Like you, you are living your purpose with, right? Like with, with, uh, with the plant dies, but what would you like, do, like now being where you are in your life and, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's never like, it's still a journey. It's not like you're sure you know, we're yeah. never done, but it's like, yeah. not done till we're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably not even done then. Um, yeah. <laughs> Like, what is there anything you would say to like a younger version of of, of you, and kind of like, yeah, well, maybe that, like, mm. about because I know a lot of of women um, listening to our show 
are wanting to find their purpose and, and align with their kind of soul purpose. And, and it's just beautiful and so inspirational to connect with someone who is, is on it. So just sharing maybe some of that wisdom gain yeah. on this journey. Well, the first thing I want to say is that women are incredible. We are fierce. We're powerful. We're, we're lovely. We're beautiful. We're like the energy that moves the universe. I, I just straight up, I don't yes. know any other way to like, say yes. it. So I'm just going to start, yeah. I'm just going to open it up with that. Yeah. And men are pretty amazing too. They're all of that as well. Okay. Cause I, I really, I really support our men as well. Cause they need it. I mean, they've got, yeah, they got a whole other level of things that they're dealing with, you know? So, um, you know, women look, I, for me, my biggest thing is that I'm tenacious as hell when it comes to the things that I want in my life. Um, and it's, it's the spirit that I have inside of me that never will never, I will never stop until I get to the, I didn't say destination, but like the, the dream that I was like, okay, I've, I'm like, I'm getting there, but I've already have like this whole other, like slew of dreams that like came up from that. I'm, and once I arrived at the place, I'm like, Oh, I'm already here. This is great. I've lived my way into it and I'm already on to the next thing, you know, but like the biggest thing for me was feeling that like, we all have that driver, like something has to change. I need to go do something. I need to be here. I need to do that. I need to do those things. And it's that pining and that drive that's going to get anyone to where they want to go. That's the, that's the first thing is listening to that and not ignoring that. Like the intuition, like I was saying earlier was the intuition I had when I opened up that bag and I got the waft of chemicals was like an intuitive, like something's not right here. That's all I needed to know. I just knew that something wasn't right. And from that, it just, it, I was like, it cascaded into this journey of finding like, well, what is right? And, and, and how, and what, what's right for me? what's right where I feel from my best judgment as like a being walking on this planet is going to be the most responsible way to like show up in that. And showing up for yourself is like, ain't nobody going to do that shit for you except for you. <laughs> like no person, not even your husband, your kids, nobody is not, they're not showing up for you the way that you show up for you. That's it. So it's like, it's hard too. Like, it's really easy to put, I think women were so giving and we want, we want to connect and we want community. It's very easy to set yourself and your desires and the things that you want aside to have that connection because ultimately like we want to have that connection, but you know, there is also like the she wolf inside of every female that needs to be the lone ranger. She needs to go rogue. She has to do it. Your wolf, your witch, your whatever, your whatever you call yourself, you know, it's like, there's a spirit in there. That's like, what do they call that? Those are the, um, archetype. It's like your archetype, follow your archetype, you know, and it's going to come out in all sorts of different ways. But the fact of the matter is like manifestation is an action word. It's not just like thinking about all yeah. the things you want to do. It's 100%. actually getting your ass out there and doing it, you know, Aligned. action. Totally. Yeah. And like, even like little things here and there, and you're going to find yourself off course. 
and it's okay. And you're going to like cry and freak the fuck out about it. And that's okay. Cause that's a part of the process, you know, get back on course and realign yourself with what you want. You might find that your desires and your goals and your, and whatever have changed, your dreams have changed. But really I find that like where, man, when things get really hard, like the, the biggest thing for me, what I personally do is I, I check in with myself. It's like hands of the heart, quiet room, like womb-like space, dark, quiet. And I go, what is the deepest desire that I want in my life right now? And I just let that question guide me into myself. And the answers that come from that are my North Star. No matter what it is, it doesn't have to be something way down the road where it's like, I want to be this big thing. It can be like right now, you know, like what is the, like, what's my North star right now? That's it. That's all you need to do for your first step. And the second step is you have, you know, you, you have the power and the ability to action in, in that direction of your dreams. You can make phone calls, emails, go out, do whatever you need to do to make that happen. It's nonstop. And a lot of times you have to action something in order to get inspiration. It's not necessarily the other way around. You don't necessarily need to be inspired to like do something. So when I'm just, and a lot of times I like, I can feel flat or depressed. It's like, what do I feel like doing right now? It's like, do what you feel like doing. I'm like, okay, I need to get my hands and in, do an indigo that. Sometimes I do that when I'm like, I just need to do something. I need to create. I'm just going to start working with color. I have that outlet. I've created that for myself. Like I need to work with color and then all the ideas come and then I'm in my world. And then all of a sudden I've made a post and then I've moved into dir- a direction of like whatever. So it's just, a, it's just, a, it's an evolving process, but I really think that you have to be your own spine. You have to be your own backbone. You have to show up for yourself always. And, you know, I don't have kids at this moment. And I know that a lot of women out there do. And I, and I know that your kids are your world, you know, or in your, in your marriage or your partnership is also priority too. And find that time for yourself. And like, it's also about having healthy boundaries, find that time for yourself where you have a healthy boundary, where the people you love around you respect that boundary that you can have that time for yourself to continue on the path that you need to feel alive in your body in this world. It's like you got one life to live, you know? So it's just a, it's a constant practice. It will never be always be groovy and, you know, super flowing and awesome. Like life is meant to be challenging as well as beautiful. I, I really believe that. So that's my, that's my parting wisdom with all you beautiful ladies. Wow. That was <laughs> medicine just right there. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so I'm just, we're starting to kind of wrap this up, but I want to ask you the question that we ask all of our guests and it's mm-hmm. the name of the show, uh, self-worth circle. Um, what does self-worth mean to you? Hmm. Hmm. Self-worth for me is, it, it is showing, it's just showing up for myself. Yeah. You just show, you show up as number one in your life. And when I, when I say number one, it's like number one with the divine, number one in your body, number one in, in, in your, in your being in your sphere like that's you are you you're in you (laughs) you nobody knows you better than you so 
show up for yourself, be there for yourself. You can be there for everybody else in, in your sphere, in your family, in your sphere of love and your spirit, fear of influence. But, um, yeah, you're, you're, you're number one. Yeah. Yeah. So where can our listeners find you? Oh, lovely. I I love visitors and new friends. So, um, I have a few, um, social outlets. I've got, um, well, I've got my website, so it's www.victorialarnick.com. Um, and my Instagram, victoria.larnick. <laughs> it's just my name. Um, and yeah, maybe you'll also find me somewhere out exploring the wilderness under trees or in the ocean. I love to surf. So um, I always love to say hello. And if anybody sees me out there and recognizes me, just let me know. <laughs> But um, we'll, yeah. we'll add all, all your links to, to our show notes, but also um, mm-hmm. I wanted to mention you have, I saw on your website, you have like an online offering. So you do like an online dying workshop. So that's also something, right. You do, you can do. Yeah, absolutely. I can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that it's hard to have in-person workshops at the moment. Um, I'm not exactly in a location that I'm able to do that for people, but if anybody wanted to, and they wanted to book in a session with me, they're, we absolutely can do that. Um, I send them an indigo kit and we just work with the, just a kind of like a basic, like the fructose fat. Um, and there's a whole history and everything that goes with that and process and whatnot. So, um, currently that's what I'm offering in the future. I will offer more online classes, um, and little and courses, but those will probably happen yeah, maybe next year. Um, yeah. but for now that's where they can find me. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing about your, your art, your, your life, your journey. It's, it's been such a pleasure. Um, Same. I feel like I learned so much from this, this, <laughs> this beautiful talk. So thank you for sharing your wisdom, your magic. And yeah, I do see your light. So thank you so much for shining thank it brightly. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to connect with you again and to connect with, um, all your listeners. And, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for being invited into this space. It's, it's always an honor to be able to share and talk. So thank you so much. 